Hello, everyone, and welcome to another recap race analysis here of the Welter Spaniard 2023. Today was stage 11, and yeah, I'm in a bit of a weird location. But as always, I'm joined by Patrick Blake of Out Recycling and one third of the Echelon Cycling Podcast. And I mean, Patrick, what happened on today's stage of the Welter? It was one of these hockey stick style stages. Didn't have a hardest climb at the end. It was certainly one of those which could be a bit of a big ring climb. So we saw quite a big breakaway forming. After about an hour of racing, the kind of terrain wasn't very suited towards forming a, a breakaway very easily not very many hills but eventually we did get a big break going but it didn't contain that many fantastic climbers however it did contain Garrett Thomas who was obviously living up to his billing where he said that he was going to be going for stages he was also backed up by Filippo Ganna, who was, of course, yeah, uh, yesterday's stage winner, and some very interesting punchers like Jesus Harada, Roman Gregoire, Andreas Klon, who, of course, um, won earlier on in this Vuelta as well. So there's quite a lot of high-caliber punchers, but not that many, very many pure climbers. So it looked kind of like a set deal for G. But going into the final climb, it was um, Pierre Orsola, I think his name is, for Total Energies. He set out early, got himself about a 25-30 second gap, but eventually Ineos sent their main man Ghana to the front who choo-chooed his way back up the climb and brought back Orsola and that 25 second gap did not last very long but eventually what sort of happened was Ghana started to run out of steam and this is a climb where it gets steeper as it goes along you get more kind of 10 to 12 percent section towards the top of the climb especially around the round corners but when Ghana was running out of steam we saw Kaiseido launching a bit of a flyer for EF and everyone was sort of looking at at Ineos and thinking, well, you need to try bring this back. Eventually, G brought it back himself, but then they, uh, there was a slight kind of faint counter-attack by Groupama because they had Rudy Mollard and Roman Gregoire in there, so they were trying to do a bit of a numbers game, but eventually everyone sort of looked at G and he sort of fell to the pressure and brought back this move and seemed to be leading it out into the final 500 metres. And with about 300 metres to go, we saw Jesus Harada launching an attack, followed by Gregoire and Andreas Klon. These guys, of course, with the best punch in this group, came past Caicedo and were the ones who were going to be fighting out for the victory. Jesus Harada and, and Gregoire were just like, ne literally just right next to each other. And then Gregoire slowly started to fall away from the wheel, which meant that Jesus Harada won a Vuelta Espana stage, backing up what he did last year, because of course he won a stage last year too. And then we also had Roman Gregoire in third, and Leos Klon in fourth. And I may as well read out the rest of the top ten. We've got Caicedo then in fourth, Garrett Thomas in fifth, then Pelayo Sanchez, Ro, uh, Rudy Mollard, Nicolas Proudhon, Dorian Godon, and Filippo Ganna after getting the win yesterday, and ended up finishing in tenth place, despite doing all that work for Garrett Thomas. But yeah, there also hasn't been any GC action today, really, because the climb really hasn't been hard enough. The, the gradients just aren't steep enough to really forge any GC gap. So it's been a bit of a day off from a GC perspective. So what did you reckon, Scott? Did you think that G was going to be sort of the, the guy who was going to pretty easily run away with today's stage? Or were you always looking at these punchers as the main threat? No, I think you're right. The puncher is definitely a big threat. But I mean, on the GC front, Alterbrooks tried to get away, but in the end, it got swamped on the line. Um, but yeah, I agree. Darren Thomas probably didn't have a chance against the punchers. And 
Yeah, it's a shame, really. Ghana saving the Volta Espana, and then it looked like G was going to double up here. Yeah, wh where does Garen Thomas go from here? Like you said, it's very interesting that he's going for this kind of stage hunting now. We've never seen him really in this kind of position. 2018, the last time he took a Grand Tour stage win. The climb today wasn't particularly suited towards him. I think it did favour the punchers a bit more, so maybe it wasn't the most optimal stage for him to be trying to win. I think it would have been better having a few more climbs beforehand and then a more of a testing consistent climb towards the finish because there were there was even like a downhill section in here where they were getting up over 50ks an hour where Ghana was drilling it so it gave those punchers a bit of respite I think that it's interesting to see G doing this kind of role I think that you know he's still sort of coming back from his injuries so we weren't probably seeing full flight Garrett Thomas today I think that he will get better as his race goes on so long as he stays upright and doesn't get any more injuries you know hopefully he'll get start to feel better from these crashes which he's had the pain will subside and i reckon we'll see a bit of a uh, more on form garant thomas maybe going for stages later on and i reckon you know the more the tougher terrain and kind of coming into some better form and kind of removing the niggles of the injuries i reckon garant thomas could have a pretty decent shot of winning a stage i reckon that today was just a, a bit of a taster as to what's going to come I mean, what do you reckon with the last few throws of the dice for the GC guys? Remco Venepol looked very comfortable getting putting a lot of the other guys in trouble. Do you think he is the better man in this second week? Um, it's hard to tell. I think I do still think I'm looking at Roglic mainly. Of course, we've got the Tormley coming up, so that'll be kind of the real big test. But yeah, Avonapol looked he's he's very strong on these climbs, which are relatively easy and then he can do a big punch at the end because he is a very explosive rider so yeah I, I don't know it's, i find it hard to draw conclusions from the slight gc battle that we had today i would have liked to have seen Ida brooks gain some seconds back but after his disappointing tt but yeah avonable did sort of you know put it, it's good just to come on an easy day just to throw down a little bit of your authority upon the peloton and say i am you know today just a little bit of a morale boost to take back onto the team bus to kind of rally the troops ahead of ahead of the coming stages. You know, that's probably more of a thing, just a bit of a, an ego boost of the team. I mean, it was a, sh it was a shame for uh, Casero that he didn't take the victory, but more sad news for South Americans. They've lost the, the polka dot jersey as well. Jesus Arada also spoiled that dream. He's taken it by one point. And I mean, do you think this is going to be one of the more interesting competitions to look at? It's very close. 22 points, 21 points for Sepulveda and then Remco Venable a bit further down. So it's like, it's very close. So I'm thinking GC Rider is going to take this. Yeah, it's kind of like the Tour, actually. The Tour's KOM classification competition was very interesting. That went, you know, pretty much down to the water when Shikoni was having to deploy his whole team to take it. So I reckon it's going to be an interesting competition to to watch and to keep an, an eye on because because of its kind of the fact that it is so competitive still, despite the fact that we are on stage 11, you know, we're more than halfway through the race now. And yeah, it's still all, all up for grabs. You couldn't, you know, exactly say this person is running away with it. They're going to win by... 150 points like Warren Baggy back in 2017 tour so yeah very interesting Jesus Rad like you say holds it at the moment but we've got the big kind of summit finishes of Tormley and Anglery which will provide some massive point hauls likely for the GC riders because I doubt those will be taken by a breakaway 
So those will favour the GC riders. So it'll be interesting to see who starts to really come out of the woodwork and fight for the KOM classification because I don't feel like everybody's shown their full hand as to who's really interested in it. I think that all these climbs so far have been quite small and relatively insignificant. And I think that the big battle's going to really start to kick off now. I mean, what do you make of our race recap analysis yesterday where we were talking about Jonas Vingor's chances of winning the World Tispania might be over... A few people disagreed with us in a comment saying that he's going to come in the back end, in the bigger stages, the longer stages. But I think, yeah, drawing from the form we saw a few weeks ago in the Tour de France and then comparing it to what we saw yesterday is a fair comparison. But yeah, what do you think? is Jonas Vingor going to come into his own or is he simply just now riding for Roglic, which I think would be very cool as well for them? I think the people have a point that Jonas is better over climbs well, over stages where there's lots of kilojoules expended lots of big climbs and then a big kind of test at the finish and I think there's still a lot of those well there's a few of those stages to come maybe those stages so far haven't suited him as much so I think that there's still the very you know there's still a possibility that Jonas comes back into this because you know his favourite terrain is still to come but at the same time Numbavisma are quite a pragmatic team and trying to keep three people in the GC fight is going to be a trickier thing to do than to try and focus on just one or two people. You know, they've got Kuss in the lead and they've got Roglic, who's a minute ahead now of Jonas, trying to also tailor for, for to keep Jonas in there might end up costing them in the long run if they try to, you know, keep Jonas in the game, but it ends up you know, meaning that they lose out seconds to Avenapool or a user or whoever it is. So I think that Jumbo will, I feel like Jumbo will make the call that they're going to focus more on Roglic. But if, you know, if Jonas has a wonder day on the Angleroo or the Tourmalet or whatever, I reckon, you know, he could definitely still come back into this, into this race. But the fact that he was beaten by, you know, the people he was beaten by yesterday in the TT, like, a Vlasov, like an Ayuso, like just those people, like even a, like a Catania, these are people who you would probably expect Jonas Vingegaard to be able to beat on full flight form. So that's why we were saying that we don't think that he's in the best of form because if he was, he would be, you know, probably matching Roglic at least in that TT yesterday. So that's our reasoning behind why we don't think Jonas is in the best of form. And quite frankly, that's just a fact. I mean, so, if he wasn't for me, he would be winning this by 30 minutes. Yeah, but, exactly. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, we also saw like a barrier falling towards the end, which I'm not sure how, how many people caught on to that. That I was a bit rider safety, well, wind. Uh, yeah, that could have been quite dangerous. But I mean, yeah, uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens. That's basically it for our recap race analysis here of stage 11. Of course, we're going to go back and do live. Uh, commentaries as well at some point definitely the tourmalet stage so join us for that comment down below what you thought of this stage as well can we draw any conclusions to this and the absolute megawatts we've seen by ghana as well but thank you very much for watching as always and of course as always have a nice day and we will see you tomorrow